0: You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Hi, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pet Sports Guy and Locked On Horns uh, is our show Twitter account. So, I wanted to get into some of the bowls that are going to be played. Uh, just a reminder that this episode of the Locked On Longhorns podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to builtbar.com. Use that promo code locked, LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N, Locked On, 20% off your next order. So, with the conclusion of the college football season, regular season, Uh, We have bowl season. And for the Texas Longhorns, they are going back to a familiar place. San Antonio, Texas, the Valero Alamo Bowl. They played there last year. They played there four times uh, in the last 10 years. This will be their fifth trip overall. And so uh, where they thought they'd be was the Cheesed Bowl, but obviously Oklahoma getting selected to the Cotton Bowl. uh, You had – Iowa State getting selected to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, little shocked that they got the Fiesta Bowl, but I kind of thought that's what was going to happen. Third year in a row, the Big 12 does have two teams going into the New Year's Six Bowl games. So we hit, now we have Texas being moved up to the next slot. So the next highest bidded bowl would be the Bolero Alamo Bowl. And so Texas will go there, Oklahoma State then takes their spot in the It Bowl. They'll take on Miami. You know, it's, it brings back some memories because Texas will play Colorado. Uh, You know, they haven't played since 2009. Obviously after the 2011 season, they leave for the Pac-12, the Pac-10 at the time. Now it's the Pac-12. And so now, now you have that little bit of history. Obviously people remember the 2005 Big 12 championship game between Texas and Colorado. Game that wasn't even close, 70 to three. Uh, And that was the year that Ben Young led them to the national championship. So there's some memories and between Texas and Colorado and some of the games that they had played, Uh, you know, so that's, you know, an exciting thing. ESPN uh, put out their predictions for each of the bowl matchups and uh, they got Texas winning by 10 uh, over Colorado. Obviously Colorado isn't as good as Utah. Uh, was last year. And Texas thoroughly dominated them. Now Texas doesn't have the same players that they had last year. I mean Joseph Sai uh was there, but he won't be playing in the bowl game. Y'all you, you also had Sam Ellinger, uh Keonti Ingram had big games. You had uh Devin DuRene, Colin Johnson. So it's gonna be interesting to see who who's gonna suit up for this game. Obviously with Texas, you got the quarterback Sam Ellinger uh playing in likely his his final game we haven't heard for sure but all reports indicate that this is the last game for sam ellinger which is you know it's disappointing uh that it is his last game you know a lot of us were hoping to get a couple more games out of him uh, obviously they didn't get to play their final game due to COVID 19 uh and then they didn't make the big 12 championship because of uh because of a loss to uh, Iowa State towards the end of the season, right before they blew out Kansas State, but they still have some pretty good weapons. Uh, Bijan Robinson has really come on strong. Um, interested to see how he performs in his first bowl game. Roshan Johnson is Keontae Ingram, and that's that's the big question about Keontae: is he in? Is he out? Uh, obviously, we know he opted out, or we thought he opted out. Reports were that he was gonna opt out, transfer possibly, or go to the NFL. Uh he said it was health concerns this is the reason why he didn't play. Uh so we'll see how that how that all factors in and if he does play at all. Uh given the time off that he's had since Oklahoma State, I'm sure that ankle will be fine. Uh but but is he gonna play or is he gonna decide to go elsewhere? That's that's the big question. That's the big thing that we don't know. Uh, you know, so that's where it is. That's where we're at right now. Uh, and you know, it's, it's not shocking. I don't think it's shocking to anybody, uh, to hear those things, uh, to hear, hear that, uh, one, one player that is coming back next year that we have heard Cade Brewer, the tight end announced on Twitter, he'd be coming back next season. And, and for me, like, I understand it. Uh, but at the same time, I don't like it. And and the reason is has nothing to do with any personal feelings or anything towards Cade Brewer because I think he's a fantastic player. I just don't think his skill set is is good for the football team and what they're trying to do on offense. Uh, if you want to be more pass-heavy, if you want to throw more, you want to get the ball downfield, Cade Brewer is not the guy to do that. So to me, he's a progress stopper. I think the guys that you need to get the ball to down the field, Malcolm Epps is, is a guy who's kind of that slot, big slot receiver, tight end hybrid. Of course, you have Jared Wiley. He should be the starter, in my opinion. Uh, Braden Lybrock. And then you're going to have Gunner Helm coming in next year. So, you know, you have guys who are more of that athletic role, uh, you know, big slot. Uh, Gunner Helm, like I said, he's a converted wide receiver to the tight end so he fits that mold more. Braden Leibrock was one of the best receiving tight ends to come out of Arizona, top five tight end in his class. We have yet to see him because we have Cade Brewer at the forefront and, and his coaching staff and Tom Herman and, and Mike Kyrsic like to use him, even though I think that he hinders the offense and what they try to do. I mean, you can say that for a lot of things. When you look at how the the rotations have, have worked with the wide receivers, how they worked with – Running backs, not playing Bijan Robinson right off the bat when obviously he's your best running back. As soon as he stepped on campus, he was your best running back. Uh, but they waited to really give him any kind of workload till later in the season. Uh, you saw the what he could do. Now, if they would have played him more beforehand, would would they have lost some of those games? You could say they still lose the Iowa State game because he wasn't as effective in that game. Iowa State has a really good defense. Uh, but maybe they don't lose to TCU. Maybe they don't lose to Oklahoma, you know, and, and then they're playing in a Big 12 championship. Now, it could be off or not because they had COVID issues. Maybe they wouldn't have been able to play. But, you know, that's that's where it is. That's where it is right now. I mean, that, that's how it is. And, and I think that's got to change, uh, you know, and and coming up in the next segment, talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about, what I think they need to do to get back to the book 12 championships is over the weekend. We saw Oklahoma win it again. How does Texas get there? How do they compete? How do they win? That's going to be the big question. Uh, there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding that. Uh, and, and we'll get into that next. And then in our third segment, we're going to talk uh, part of my round table conversation uh, with Joseph neighbors and Steven Simcox uh, locked on big 12 locked on horn frogs. Uh, we're going to dive into what, well, we're going to dive into that big 12 championship and kind of our thoughts. Yeah, but first let me tell you about Coors Light. You ever feel like you're always on the go? Need a moment to chill? Bowl season is coming up. It's the perfect time to chill. And that's what you got to do. You got to reach into your fridge, pull out that cold Coors Light. It is the only beer that's made to chill. Even if your team isn't in a bowl game or that bowl game doesn't involve your team that night, it's still a great time to chill. Uh, with minimal college football teams playing this year and it was up and down, there's, this is the perfect excuse for me time. So reach for Coors Light. It's cold lager, cold filtered, cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So when I am looking for a bowl game and I'm setting down, whether it's the Myrtle Beach Bowl, between North Texas and Appalachian State, I'm going to reach for the beer that's made to chill, brewed right there with the uh, by the Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And we're always going to ask you to celebrate responsibly with the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door. Go to get.coorslight.com. They're going to bring it right to you. All you got to do is click there. Find a distributor; they'll bring it to you. You don't have to go anywhere, and then you can sit back, relax, crack open that cold one. The only beer that is made to show we're talking, course light. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season. There's some big matchups. NFL regular season, it's finishing up. Playoff pitchers becoming more clear. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust: betonline.ag. Sign up today for our free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, like I said, there's plenty of games to talk about. Bowl season's getting started. Uh, like we said, the NFL, it's it's wrapping up. There's only two weeks left. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. The holidays are about giving... So I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season. He shares his lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked on Bets today, wherever you get your podcast. Right, so before we get into the part one of our roundtable with Joshua Navers, Steven Simcox, uh, part of the Locked on Podcast Network here with me, uh, we're going to talk about what Texas needs to do to get back into the Big 12 race, get back into the Big 12 championship game. And, and frankly, it it boils down like this. Texas has got to get better pass rush. Uh if, if you go back and look at that game, Oklahoma looks just so much more dynamic uh with their pass rush talking about you know what Nick Benito was doing. Uh, Isaiah Perkins. Uh, you had Perry on Winfrey. Uh, you know it, it, they Nick Benito. Uh, they they were able to get consistent pressure on Brock Purdy and made him uncomfortable, and that's a big reason why they threw that he threw three interceptions that game. So when you look at Texas from a defensive standpoint, I think they got to get better to pass rush and, you know, a, a guy like Jatavion Sanders coming into this class in 2021 is going to help. That's where it starts. I think you hope Alfred Collins is is the guy that that you got, five-star player, uh, when he committed to Texas, signed with Texas. He's another guy that's going to step up. Devondre Sweat, um, you got Moro Ajomo, Jacoby Jones, uh, who's going to help? out that pass rush. That's where it starts. And then, obviously, you can add Byron Murphy, who's coming into this class. But some of these veteran players have got to step up. And, and hopefully, you have a, a Marquez Bamaj back. Uh, from everything I heard, I haven't heard any different that he's not coming back. and yeah, He opted out before the season. Yeah, but he helps. You know, some of these guys are going to help because you're losing uh, to Quan Graham and, you know, and Joseph Asai. So those are two of your better pass rushers from a pressure standpoint. Those were your two leading guys. So I think first and foremost, they have to get better play from uh, their front, the front four, really. I think the linebackers are good, as long as DeMarvian Overshown and, and Juwan Mitchell come back. Although you got a really good class of line, linebackers coming in that signed with the class, I'm talking about, you know, Jordan Thomas, Maurice Blackwell, uh, Terrence Cooks. Uh, they're they're bringing in arguably one of their better linebacker classes of recent memory. So uh, I think you feel pretty good about that. And, and some of the guys you already have like a Prince Dorba uh, who we didn't really see this year. That's where that starts on the back end. You've got to get better play out of your safeties. Uh, I think they need to create more turnovers. And you saw a little bit about of that with Jaron Thompson uh, against Kansas state. He knocks one ball away. He intercepts another you're going to have Josh Thompson back. You're going to have Deshaun Jameson back. You know, so that's where it, that's where it starts. Uh, Darian Dunge is transferring in. Uh, you know, he he has a little bit of size to him at 6-1. Uh, size and length is is helpful, especially when you're going up against bigger receivers. But they got to get better play from their defense all around. Defense is much improved and you hope that that's only going to continue to grow. But that's where it starts. Cuz I think offensively you feel good. Uh, Now, losing Sam Ellinger, how does that change? Now, if it's Hudson Card, uh, and I'm not saying Card is better than Ellinger, but I think he is a better passer. Now, you're going to miss that leadership of Sam Ellinger. Don't get me wrong, but I think from a passing standpoint and where Sam Ellinger struggled, uh, I think is where you're hoping that Hudson Card is going to come in and, and provide that for you, provide what you didn't have and cuz if you look at at Sam's numbers and we're talking 10 pl- we're talking 10 plus yards down the field outside the numbers Sam Ellinger completed 26% of his passes so that that right there to me is a big thing like if if you're going to attack some of these defenses especially an Oklahoma defense You need to do it down the field, you know, and and that allows the underneath stuff. That allows your running game uh, to be more dynamic. And so I think the one thing that they got to do is get better at throwing down the field. Who are they going to throw to? Because Brennan Eagles is talking about not coming back. Tariq Black may not come back. So they they have questions. Um, Obviously, a Troy Omier coming back is going to help. He's a guy that, you know, he's got that size and everything that you get with the Brennan Eagles is he ready to take that role? I, I don't know. Redshirt freshman to, and so I, I don't know, you know, where Troy is, uh, but I think that he provides the upside And it. And with a Jake Smith, a, a Jordan Whittington, Joshua Moore, uh, I think they have good wide receivers. Question is, can, can the quarterback get them the ball down the field? That's the big question. And, and that's, that's what's really going to change it for, for Texas, and then you look at, you know, throwing down the field. Uh, and then that sets up the run game, and that's where B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Keontae Ingram, you know, Jonathan Brooks. Uh, we saw how dynamic he could be uh, through the Texas, Texas high school playoffs all the way to the state championship game. He, he carried that team. Uh, you know, he provides you a little bit, maybe as a third down back, a guy who can come in, catch the ball, run a little bit if you need him to spell the top two guys because I think it's going to be the Bijan and Roshan show next year. Um hopefully a little more emphasis on the Bijan portion of it. Uh led the team in yards, care uh rushing yards and, and you know yards from scrimmage. Um so that they gotta find a way to get Bijan the ball more and hopefully by throwing the ball downfield more is only going to help. And and that's where those athletic tight ends that we talked about in the last segment come into play. And that's, that's, that's where I look at it right now. And that's where I think that they need to go. That's where I think that they need to, uh, to generate more pressure on Oklahoma. Cause obviously I think we all know Oklahoma is going to be there. Spencer Rattler. Uh, he looked a lot better down the stretch and obviously he was good enough to win them the Big 12 championship in a down year. Uh Texas has got to find a way. Whether that's Tom Herman's team or not, or a different head coach, they've got to find a way to beat Oklahoma. It's not a it's when you look up and down this this team, this conference, there's only one team you got to compete with, and that's Oklahoma. But let's talk about Bill Barr. Build Bar absolutely changed the game when it comes to energy bars. There's 18 amazing flavors. Uh, they include nut and non-nut flavors. Uh, some of them, the new ones that are like lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream. And then, obviously, I love the mint brownie, the salted caramel, uh, peanut butter brownie. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Head on over to builtbar.com. Use a promo code locked on you're getting 20 percent off the great thing is these bill bars are great for the health conscious guy lose or maintain while indulging in a delicious treat and they're great for the keto diet like just check out the peanut butter bar 19 grams of protein 180 calories five grams of sugar five grams net carbs less sugar less carbs and it's great so head on over to billbar.com use the promo code locked on you're getting 20 percent off your next order again Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Why don't you tell them that Patrick of Locked On Longhorn sent you? All right, before we get into our conversation, roundtable part one of three. So the next three days, we are going to be doing this roundtable format. Of a person will say NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you national perspective all around the NFL covering the latest news and insight on every game, every team, every move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Fellas, let's start it off. Uh, We all watched the game on Saturday night. Uh, We saw Oklahoma win the Big 12 title for the sixth year in a row, fourth year in a row winning the actual championship game. What were you, uh, and we'll start with you, Josh, because you're locked on Big 12 here. What was like your overall synopsis, your overall thoughts watching that game?
2: Uh, It was close, like I thought it was going to be. I didn't think the method by which we reached a close game would be be how we did. But, you know, I I liked everything about it. I liked the fact that, you know, Iowa State got punched in the mouth, and it felt like, you know, it was how here comes OU, right, rolling again, uh, inferior opponent, and that was not the case. Iowa State's defense deserves so much credit for that second half. They gave the offense chance after chance, after chance, after chance, after chance to get them back in that football game and win the game. And credit to OU for getting out to you know an early lead and, and taking care of business on defense too. But the Iowa State defense what jumped out to me that allowed us to become the game. But the real stars of the game for me were the OU defense as a whole. Wire to wire, best unit on the field. I was super impressed with them.
1: You know, it's funny. And uh, I'll ask you, Stephen, if you thought this way toward like late, third quarter, fourth quarter. I don't think I can ever remember seeing a Lincoln Riley offense so conservative where Mm -hmm. he's running the ball on third and eight, third and nine, and just giving the ball right back to Iowa state. I mean, I I understand that his defense was playing really well in that game. Uh, Is that, was that kind of what you thought too?
0: Yeah, I thought he got super conservative. Um, And and I'm curious to see, I don't know if that's a, uh, like a, a new thing for him in championship games, because as you are saying that I remember last year, you know, in that Baylor game late, it felt like they got super conservative. And I know late in the year they were running the ball like crazy with hurts and um, they weren't throwing as, as much with him, but this is now two seasons in a row where it felt like they had control of that championship game. And then sort of late, you're like, Oh, the other team sells a shot here. So it's curious because, you know, when that Oklahoma offense is cooking and putting pressure on you, um, they're, they're really second to none. Now I give some credit to the Iowa State defense, but I definitely think they were sort of trying to just escape with a victory there, which is not typically their style. And, and it ran into some issues, but um, they were able to get it done. As Josh said, they held on. And, you know, thanks to a, a really interesting decision there by Brock Purdy at the end, they get the pick and, and seal the victory.
1: Yeah, interesting decision because as soon as uh he threw that I, I knew it was gonna end up bad. Just it just as soon as you know, it's kinda like when you're actually throwing the football and you know as soon as you let it go, you're like, oh no. That's I was watching the game and that's what I was thinking uh there. But obviously, so this is the fourth straight game, right? Where the fourth straight Big 12 championship game where Oklahoma wins. You know, it's been a different opponent every time, whether it was TCU, Texas, Baylor, now Iowa State. So my big question is to you guys: When are we going to see somebody else besides Oklahoma win that Big Twelve championship?
2: Well, I don't think they were like it wasn't that far away from us having a, a different team this year, right? I mean, it was like that's that's a horrible decision away from us being in a different spot, right. and you know, or at least close to a different spot. So this game felt different in the sense of Iowa State totally belonged, and it felt like. The, the kind of Cinderella Iowa State story might have been complete, except for, you know, Brock Purdy just making an ex, inexcusable decision. We're all, you know, Patrick, your your thought was the same, my, same as mine. I mean, he lets that ball go, and it's like, oh, God, that is not a good throw, and that's not going to end well. Um, but still, that game was competitive and fun in the end. Like, that was – say what you want about the college ball playoff and everything, but that was a fun, competitive game that's not going to be talked about. Oklahoma had a real challenge to their title. That was a real stressful, hard title defense where a great defense had to work very hard to make sure it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, it's a good question, Patrick. I mean, part of me thinks like, okay, this OU team looks vulnerable and can Iowa State or um, Oklahoma State challenge them in the coming years? But I think with Rattler, they're only going to get better on offense. Maybe there's some... Dip on defense with some of the guys they're losing, but to me, Iowa State doesn't feel, and I might be totally wrong. I know Matt Campbell's a hell of a coach, but Iowa State doesn't feel like a group that's going to recruit at a level where they're going to be in the conference title mix year after year. So, I think we could be looking at a couple more seasons of the same issue just because I feel like that offense in Norman's going to continue to get better as Rattler develops under Lincoln Riley, which is something we haven't seen at the QB position since he's been sort of working transfers in and out the last couple of
2: seasons. Also, I mean, next year is not the year it's going to happen because if, if OU gets right. a lot of these guys back, like it is it's it is not going to happen for anybody else. That's That team is actually, if, if they are able to return a decent amount of this year's team, that team next year is actually going to be the group that can legitimately say at the end of the season, we can beat someone else. Uh, we can beat a top team in a, in a playoff or at least have a shot because yeah. this defense is like good, good. It's not big 12. Good. It is good. Good.
1: But You know, and it's, it's funny that you bring that up and you, bring, so let, you know, you could run down the the list, right? Okay. Well, Iowa state they they might have Brock Purdy back. We don't know. Uh, and then obviously you have Brees Hall, who I think is a true sophomore. So he has to return for at least one more year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they have their top two weapons um, along with, you know, every tight end that they can put out on the field. Uh. Texas, Sam Ellinger is likely gone. Who's their quarterback? Uh Jaquinda Jackson just transferred out. So now it's down to Casey Thompson, Hudson card. Uh, and who knows what's going to happen there with the head coach position. You know, I mean, there's still talk of Tom Herman potentially not being there. Oklahoma State likely losing Tyland Wallace. Chuba Hubbard is gone. Uh, what's that offense gonna look like next season? with Spencer Sanders. I know they have talent around them, but those were their big guys. Uh, and then TCU, and, and Stephen would know this better than anybody, uh, TCU looks like, like I feel like they're like that next team, but I don't know if I expect them to win seven, eight, nine games next season.
0: So yeah, 2021 sort of been the year that they've been building towards for a while. And I feel like, they're they're definitely closing the season with some momentum, but there's still a lot of questions there. I mean, about halfway through the season, they just stopped throwing the football with Max Duggan, and they finally returned to that. But you look at that schedule, it got a lot more manageable down the stretch. I mean, they beat up on Tech, Kansas. Um, you know, they, they beat an Oklahoma State team that was missing some guys late in the season. So I feel like they'll be in the mix, but I mean, I'm not going to put them as a favorite with – OU and Texas and potentially you know Oklahoma State Iowa State depending on who they have coming back but the roster has has definitely been shaping up for next season to be the year they're going to make the run Um, I just still think they have a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball like what's their identity what do they want to do and can they get the ball to their playmakers in space because that's been an issue that's plagued them now for the past couple seasons
1: yeah yeah, oh, I mean that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. So before we jump into our next topic, I want your way too early Big 12 championship 2021 picks. We're gonna go ahead and get those out of the way now. Uh Josh, we'll start with you. No you one's
2: coming back yet. Well, it's way
1: too early. I all right, well here, good, here I can give you half podcast of it. I, content.
2: I can give you half of it. Oklahoma. There you go. So I got I'm <laughs> 10, I'm 50% correct. So we've got that. And uh let's see. I mean, I mean, we haven't. When was the last repeat challenger we had? Who, I mean, besides Oklahoma, has anybody, you know, the Oklahoma uh, ever back to Man, I don't know.
0: Has has it happened since they went to this format? Cause it was, yeah, no, so, but, yeah. I
2: mean, no, it like, would have to be like, like previous. It'd be like in the early 2000s, yeah. right? I mean, I'm talking, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I mean,
1: yeah. Who, Nebraska, maybe Colorado?
0: What are those? Um, two. Kansas State. I don't know. Steven,
2: you got somebody to challenge Oklahoma? Cause I don't.
0: Well, yeah, I didn't. Thanks, Patrick, for putting us on the spot like this. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I guess we're supposed to be a podcast host or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. Where was you the know, rundown, I mean, like, Patrick?
0: Like, te- Texas is the first one that comes to mind, but, like, I just don't trust Tom Herman. <laughs> so, and right Ain't now either. he's the guy. Um, screw it. I'll say TCU. Yeah, why not? Uh, I'm the locked-up. Uh, right? Let's do it. Let's homer it up. Right.
2: So, there's right. a, that's, that's a good pick. I'm going to go with a situation where – Coach does not coach who wants to move, does not move. Neil Brown and is so angry that he coaches his team to a Big 12 title so he can move. How about that? So, West Virginia plays Oklahoma next year because Tom, because uh, Neil Brown wants out of Morgantown.
0: <laughs> Morgantown, you'll hate it so much. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll coach him to it's 10 to 10 wins or nine wins, whatever, because I, I, I want out, yeah. Yeah, West Virginia. We know what the hell. Well, let's 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 do it. I mean it's been a new opponent the last five years, so four or five years. So let's go with that.
1: All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Uh I want to thank Joshua Neighbors, Steven Simcox, for joining us for part one of the roundtable this week. Uh we'll bring you part two uh tomorrow, right here on the Locked On Longhorns podcast. But that is gonna do it for this episode. We'll see you tomorrow. Hook 'em.